Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Welcome back to MASH Matters, the podcast celebrating the greatest television show of all time, hosted by a guy who loves the show and a guy who was on the show. I love the show. I'm Ryan Patrick, and I'm joined by my friend, Private Igor Straminsky himself, Mr. Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan. And I, I did work on the show. It was a nice thing. We pay, They paid us. I got a check, <laughs> and it was really exciting. It's awfully exciting to get a check and work with so many exciting people, which I did for nine years of those 11 years of television shows mash and you did it well ah thank you thank you very much i appreciate it and you know i'm sorry to know i know you're gonna say these things but i know you're feeling a little under the weather today so i am we all appreciate uh you showing up here i actually dealt with this like a month ago i had this same kind of congestion and respiratory crap sorry for my language (laughs) is that a medical term that's a i think that's (laughs) exactly Hello, class. Would you please study the medical crap we have here in the studio? I think for your first year, you take medical crap 101. <laughs> but yeah, I had this last like last month and it came back. So dealing with this again, and, and it's it's just a busy time right now. In fact, you know, we we missed our last episode. We didn't release our, our last episode on the 15th of last month like we usually do because we've been busy and we just haven't had a chance to find time to connect to record. And when it comes to this episode, we are recording this on really the only day that both of us had available Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in the coming weeks. And so it was either come on here and sound like Luther Rizzo through the entire episode (laughs) and and get through it or risk missing another episode. And we didn't want to do that because we we don't like missing episodes. No, we enjoy putting these episodes together for you. So we've been busy. My daughter graduated a week or so ago. That's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Very exciting for her. Yeah, she made it. She made it. All right. Yeah, I lost that bet. But you know, It's a crazy, busy, hectic time. I've never been through a graduation before, so I didn't know really what to expect. And my goodness, there's a lot to do. Listen, yeah, graduating kindergarten is a very, very significant <laughs> thing. So now, it's now she, she graduated high school. High school. Oh, 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 I see. Oh, okay. Now she was just in kindergarten like a few months ago. Oh, yeah. It seems that way at least. <laughs> time flies. Yeah, it? it does. It does. Boy, oh boy. And then you've been traveling. You went out and did another con. Uh, out in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Con is I'm short not for sure convention. I say that. Yeah, that's kind I, of. I, it's uh, true. You were in Jersey. You probably shouldn't yeah, say con in Jersey. Okay. Con. You were at the Chiller Theater uh, yeah. convention out in New Jersey, and and I haven't really talked to you about this. How did it go? You know, it went really well. It was fun. Uh, it was an event that I missed the last time last year because of all the COVID stuff, and uh, physically I was uh, had some issues that I didn't want to risk traveling during that time, but. It was a real joy to be there. It was three days. Uh, it was pretty, you know, uh, hectic three days. It was very crowded. We were in a big room. They ha- there were a lot of rooms devoted to very various people from various television shows and movies and uh, so forth. And we were in one big room. And the other folks that were in that room, when I say we, it was myself. Jamie Farr and Loretta Swit. Mm-hmm. And the other significant folks that were there were from the Back to the Future movie. Yes. Including Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And there were many, 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 many folks that were there to get Christopher Lloyd's picture and or autograph. There was lots of crowds around him and lots of crowds around us. And it was a lot of fun. And one of the biggest moments that I had really was the opportunity to spend three days with Jamie and Loretta. 
Uh, Loretta lives in New York. I live in California. Jamie and I are quite a distance apart, even though we're still living in California. So we don't hang out and eat hot fudge Sundays every day. But it was so such a joy to have dinner with them and to hang out and have a great time all day long. And uh, then I was able to fly back from New Jersey on the plane with Jamie, and we just had a ball. So I, it was a it was a great event, and I like to seriously thank everybody who came to see us and everybody who wanted a picture and an autograph. As you and I have talked about on this podcast, there are so many lovely messages that we get and that I hear from people saying, gosh, the show, the show changed my life. Gosh, when you came on the screen, I was going to laugh. You know, all of those wonderful things that they say. And they said that for three days at, uh, at the show. And I have to tell you, it, by the end of those three days, I was a, in a puddle. I was a mess <laughs> <laughs> because it is so, so moving to hear such wonderful, sincere, deeply felt messages from everybody. I, I was really, again, I, I was really overwhelmed. So I thank everybody that came out. I thank everybody that said all those wonderful, warm things. I love you all. And I, it, I really appreciate it. It was a really terrific experience. And I will be back next year. Good. I'm sorry you were liquefied by the entire experience. It, it was, a, yeah, <laughs> puddling is, uh, I've been revived. They pour, <laughs> I think, baking soda on you and you, you come back. Yeah. But, uh, it was great. I'm sorry you weren't there. It was so fun that you and I were in Indiana. That, I loved that. That was such a great experience. I loved that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I missed you in, uh, New Jersey. I hope that we can do it again sometime. How about the Mesh Matters Con? Uh, is that, does that sound good? No, that doesn't sound good. The Mash Matters Con? We do that <laughs> twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this episode, we thought we would dive into some voicemails for a couple of reasons. One, we can get caught up on some of the voicemails that have uh, kind of piled up and also so that I don't have to talk as much because the listeners are doing all the talking. And that's a that's a good thing, this episode. Uh, and we love hearing from you. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, just make sure it's under three minutes in length. You can call 513-436-4077. We love reading your letters and your emails and, and posts, but we would much rather hear it in your own voice. Mm -hmm. We're going to jump right in and listen to our first voicemail this one is from tim hey guys uh this is tim carnes from greenville michigan uh i've been a long time fan of mash watched it as a kid and i literally watch it over and over and over and over again and even now with my grandkids my little six-year-old grandson hums the theme song to me every time it comes on he hums right along with the show <laughs> i love it I just wanted to say, I know there's been some talk about the, the different renditions of the theme song. And me being a musician myself, I can really pick this out that you know, I can hear uh, there may be 10 or 20 different versions of this song, if not more. Uh, there's some, some really just subtle changes in instrumentations, how they, how they played certain parts. Uh, and you know, there's one, prominent part where the the flute is actually extremely flat tuned versus the rest of the songs and so my question is i guess does anybody know how many versions there was of that song is there a total number tallied up anywhere that anybody knows of once again you've heard it before you're gonna hear it again keep up the good work mash there's something about it that 
just resonates with people and, and it gets them through some rough times and there's something soothing about it. You, you feel at home watching it, you know. So I'm glad you guys are doing what you're doing to kind of keep this alive and, and, and bring it back into the spotlight a little bit. And I hope it never goes away. So peace out, guys. Thank you. Wow. Tim from Michigan. Thank you. That's very sweet. That's an interesting question. And the answer to that question, I have zero idea. I have no <laughs> idea. I could guess 18, but I could be totally wrong. You, I bet you have done a little research, haven't I you, Ryan? I did a little bit of internet research. And they call uh, you Research Ryan, actually, <laughs> in many states. How did states. you know that? The word is out. I found uh, there was a post on Reddit where somebody asked uh, a similar question, and uh, there was a, a user on Reddit named Derwuf, D-I-R-W-U-F. He determined that the theme songs from season one and two are the same. Seasons three and four are the same. He says season five is unique. He says the middle guitar lick is extended and a final note is dropping starting here. In season six, he says that theme song was unique to season six. Season seven and eight are the same. Season nine is unique. Season 10 is unique and season 11 is unique. So by that count, there are nine total themes. And what's interesting, there's another version of it that was used in a CBS fall preview. And this is from the MASH4077TV.com website. They found this CBS fall preview of MASH. This was when MASH premiered. And it features a completely different version of the theme. you want to watch that CBS Fall Preview, you can find the link in the show notes for this episode, episode 83 at mashmatters.com. And of course, there have also been many cover versions recorded throughout the years. MeTV put together a compilation of several versions. You can find that link also in the show notes. So Tim, I don't know if we have a conclusive answer for you, but thanks to uh, Derwoof on Reddit, at least nine, maybe more. Is that Derwoof or is that Derwoof? Which... <laughs> Is that, which one is that? I don't know. You say derwoof. I say derwoof. Let's call the whole thing off. Okay. <laughs> All right. And All right. That I've it... talked for five minutes about how yeah, I didn't geez. want to talk in this episode. Yeah. Let's just jump into our next voicemail. Say there's another one. Oh, now we're up to 10. Yeah. Here we go. This one's coming to us from Josh. So my name is Josh and I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. And I wanted to get your opinions on this. I've been rewatching the series again, and it's interesting how your perspective changes the more you watch. When I first watched through, I loved Trapper, and I couldn't stand DJ. It felt as though he was being forced on us in place of Trapper, and I, like many other fans, felt very attached to Trapper, and that by liking DJ, I would be betraying Trapper John. Ultimately, I came to love DJ. Aside from Charles Emerson Winchester, DJ quickly became one of my most beloved characters. But this is not about Trapper, BJ, or Charles. Today I wanted to call to express what might be an unpopular opinion, but I've come to defend it so much more passionately the more I've watched the show. I wanted to talk about Frank Burns. As a character, we, the fans, are taught early on that this is not a character to be liked. He has all the traits of an unlikable person. He's selfish, racist, snooty, and all in all, a subpar doctor. That said, I've come to find myself feeling sorry for Frank the more I watch the show. As we learn more about his background and upbringing, we begin to realize the way he is, why he is the way he is. 
You, Ryan, made an excellent point when you quoted Frank during his call to his mother when he says, I had this friend, and he pretended to like me. You know the way Dad used to? I also think about how happy Frank seemed when Colonel Blake forced Hawkeye and DJ to be nice to him after Margaret got married. He truly seemed happy. The pain in his voice when he asked Hawkeye why nobody liked him, it broke my heart, kind of. At that point, I know the audience has been trained to see Hawkeye as the hero, the one we all look up to, However, I found myself becoming kind of irritated with him just due to the fact that he is supposedly one of the most accepting, caring characters on the show, someone who tries to include everyone and be nice to everyone, and yet he seems to go out of his way to treat Frank like an outsider. After watching through a few times, it started to become off-putting. I know the characters are written as they were in the movie, and there's a reason why Frank is the way he is, but in the real world, I couldn't help but think about how if Hawkeye had treated him with kindness and inclusion had tried to mentor him and make him a better doctor instead of poking fun at him and always making him feel unwelcome, how much better of a person he could have become. So what are your thoughts? Wow. My goodness. <laughs> what an, an analysis. Holy moly. Right? Wow. Hmm. I had never thought of that. I had never considered that. You know, Hawkeye and either Hawkeye and Trap or Hawkeye, especially Hawkeye and BJ, would go out of their way to empathize with certain people and help them to see the error of their ways and help them to become better people. But they never really made that attempt with Frank. He makes a point about if uh, Hawkeye was so uh, such a wonderful, caring, nurturing human being, perhaps, that uh, why couldn't he do that and display that toward Frank as well? And the word is interesting, mentoring him to help him be a better doctor, which is what they really wanted him to be a better doctor. Right. You know, but that points to, you know, some of the character of Hawkeye and how he perceived that guy's behavior and how he perceived his inability to be a doctor that would live up to what uh, he felt was uh, correct in that setting. Mm -hmm. I think he, if he had been, he would have probably overlooked a lot of the other foibles <laughs> of Frank uh, had he been a, a more caring and a better doctor. I think that's what really got to Hawkeye, mm -hmm. that he couldn't depend on him. If in a, a bad spot, he wouldn't be there for the soldiers. And that's what they were there for. So that may have instigated it. But I have no idea. These are, you know, questions about character development that are in the actors' minds based on the scripts and the characters they get, the uh, scripts they get and the characters they're asked to portray. So how that went down, and it, it was an interesting analysis. Uh, like you say, I've never thought of it that way, and it's an interesting perspective. There's been argument to be made, too, that would Frank have accepted Hawkeye's help? Mm -hmm. He outranked Hawkeye. He, he felt that he was a better army man than Hawkeye. So you have to wonder, would, would Frank have even listened to anything that Hawkeye was trying to teach? him mm -hmm. yeah uh, and we have talked about this before you know that that larry linville did find some ways at times to let the viewer empathize with frank but they didn't take it much further than that those moments and you know that's kind of when the frank and margaret relationship went south there was really nowhere for frank's character to go which is one of the reasons that led to larry leaving the show it, who knows? I, I don't know if if they had gone that route, uh, Frank could have been a more sympathetic character and had been able to see the error of his ways. Would they have had to add another character to be the one who uh, brings in more conflict if Frank isn't that character who is? Uh, it, there's a lot of what ifs that we will never know the answers to. They had a wonderful character in Frank Burns and to soften him would probably have been a mistake and would have, as you 
point out, the, the conflict would have been uh, certainly softened, and that would have softened a lot of the plots and a lot of the jokes. And uh, you don't want to soften the jokes. <laughs> and you need conflict. You need conflict. You got too. to, yeah. Without the conflict, you know, you don't have much of a show. If he wasn't that guy, right? And if, uh, and plus that Hawkeye wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah, you true. Know, he was a charming rascal, but yeah. boy, he was not a perfect human being. No, he was flawed. Yeah. And again, kudos to Larry Linville. Oh, to bring any sympathy to that character was truly remarkable. He was an amazing actor. He really was. And I've said this before. I I used to watch uh, Larry and Loretta do these scenes in there in the little, you know, in her tent, and it was such a small little space that they had, and they would do all this physicality and all this physical humor and all this dialogue, and they. They wouldn't miss a beat. And it was like ballet. It was the greatest ballet I've ever seen. And it was a comedic presentation. And oh my gosh, both of them together was just, it was dynamite. It really was. They they were both terrific. And yes, Larry was such a truly genius actor to have been able to carry that part off and evoke so much sympathy to the point that we're getting a phone call about it. Yeah, so 50 years later. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. All right. Moving on. Here is a voicemail from Jason. Hey, Jeff and Ryan, thank you so much for your podcast. I really enjoy it. Uh, this is Jason Vavona from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and I just wanted to kind of share really briefly just that um, I've been a MASH fan really ever since college, I guess, uh, you know, late high school, early college. I know that an English professor of mine in high school used to use of a couple of MASH episodes as examples on storytelling, um, you know, in writing and, and that sort of thing. So, um, that got me interested in, in, you know, going, hey, I know MASH because my parents used to have it on or it'd be, you know, time to go to bed when I was in grade school and that sort of thing. That was kind of the cue, right, to go to bed. And um, and so high school really got me kind of interested in going, what is MASH about? And then in college, um, my sister and I used to sit, you know, at home and watch it, you know, between classes and just the craziness of, of high school and college and everything. And we kind of bonded over MASH, you know, and, and really just just have loved it ever since then. Um, I had to share with you all one of my fun, like, little celebrity encounters. Of course, you know that Alan Alda has his um, clear and vivid podcast that he does where he um, it's all about communicating, and, and some of it is with scientists, and some of it was, is just with big industry leaders and trying to, to, to talk about communication and everything. Well, if you sponsor um, his podcast through Patreon at a certain level, then um, he will record your voicemail message for you, um, you know, and it's a really neat kind of, you know, snarky, you know, you can choose to have a snarky message or, you know, and it's very, I would say a little bit Hawkeye in there too, you know, and, and some of the other characters that he's played. Um, if you did, were interested in hearing it, you could certainly call me and I could arrange not to pick up the phone so that you could hear the voicemail message. Um, at some point if you were interested, but had to share that with you because he says my name and it's, it's just a fun, it's just a fun little, uh, perk of, of supporting his podcast. So thank you all very much. Appreciate everything that you all do and listen every time you have a new one. So thank you and God bless. Who's Ellen Alda? Who? What? Well, What's that's the reason that? I played that voicemail is because I wanted to give this up and coming podcaster a, a, a little yeah. promotion because, you know, we know how hard it is to get a podcast off the ground. It's hard. It takes a long time to gain an audience and to really build some steam. It, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. This Alda kid. Yeah. I just wanted to support him and help promote this new podcast. Yes. He uh, needs all the help uh, he can get. Alan, right? Alan or Al? Alvin? Alvin Alda. Alvin, Alvin Alda. Yeah. He's 
Uh, well, look, Albin, work hard, dedicate yourself. <laughs> 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 Believe in what you're doing. Love humanity. Yep. Don't drink too much. And you'll, you're going to be okay. And if you want any advice, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We will help you, Alvin. Anything you need. Anything at all. Call us. And you can be snarky yeah. when you call. I would love to hear snarky Alan Alda. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, who left that voicemail, is actually one of our Patreon supporters as well. So thank you, Jason. Absolutely. And uh, we want to give a quick salute to some of our other Patreon VIPs. And, you know, he wasn't snarky at all. He was quite nice. <laughs> I, so I don't know what this snarky thing is about. Yes. Our other Patreon VIPs, Private Kevin Elliott. Private Nancy Black. Corporal Frank Alexander. Corporal Catherine Mostello. Captain Mike Bacon. Promoted Captain Mike Bacon. Used to be a corporal. He's a captain now, along with Captain Jim Sly. And, of course, Major Megan Bridgette. Yes, and Major Mark Reed. And Mark wrote a book about MASH. He did write a book. and <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been editing out all of my coughs, so I can edit out yours. <laughs> this is a, and now from uh, Sunsabat Hospital, high atop <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Don't make uh, me laugh because I'll just cough more. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'll just put a master uh, cut edit of all of my coughs at yeah. the end of the episode. So if okay. you do want to hear us cough, if you just right. a cough cut. Uh, yes. Mark Reed, uh, our our great major Mark Reed, he wrote a book called Mashed Up Wisdom, Practical and Metaphysical Wisdom from a CSL Practitioner, Mashaholic, and a Retired Master Sergeant. Wow. And this book, uh, bear with me. I'm just going to read a little something on the back of the book just so it, it makes it very clear. Uh, he says, do you remember the time Hawkeye went crazy in the mess tent because he'd eaten a river of liver and an ocean of fish? How about the time Frank Burns drove headfirst into an air raid foxhole filled with water? These are just two of the hilarious moments of MASH. But this historic and humanity-driven television show offered the world so much more. It taught us about love, kindness, compassion, empathy, friendship, unity, abundance, health, humility, forgiveness, and many other qualities of spirit. Mashed Up Wisdom is a fun and eye-opening spiritual quest that zooms in on and metaphysically dissects each MASH show, bringing to light the spiritual lesson taught in each episode. Well, that's all that book does. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. gosh. <laughs> Holy moly, does that book do a lot? Well, it's, it's terrific. And Mark, thank you so much for sending it to us. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. And it's a big, thick book with a lot of words. Not only did he send us copies of the book, he, we're in the book. We're one of the dedications. And also the last uh, section of the book, uh, is entirely about lessons he learned, stories and memories from uh, the podcast. So tell you what, we're going to put a link to this book. You can buy it on Amazon and uh, we will put a link to Mark Reed's book, Mashed Up Wisdom, in the show notes for this episode, episode 83 at mashmatters.com. So if you would like to buy a copy of the book, you can do just that. Very good. There's a lovely picture of him floating in a swimming pool. <laughs> yes. I'm not quite sure what that's about, but he's lolling there and very quietly slumbering in the pool. Yes. I hope he was okay in there. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. And if you would like to be a Patreon VIP, you can go to mashmatters.com slash support. All right, back to the phones. This one coming to us from Larry. Dear Jeff and Ryan, I've listened to every episode of your podcast, 
and I really underestimated how talented Jeff really was. It's too bad that he didn't have a bigger part in MASH. I really loved when he played Igor, especially the episode where he was supposed to get a promotion and the way he snubbed all the officers when he didn't get his promotion. Also, the question I wanted to ask you is a comparison with MASH and Seinfeld. The episode Puddle is a lot like the episode Susie. In none of the podcasts that I've listened to so far, I'm up to episode 47, you haven't made a comparison to how the episode Seinfeld called Susie, where Elaine makes up a character, a person named Susie, to kind of blame her troubles on, is so similar to Captain Tuttle. I was wondering if the producers of Seinfeld were inspired by MASH when they made this episode, you know, such as Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld, or if they just ripped it off without even knowing it. Anyway, I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I've watched every episode. And next time I watch every episode again, I'm going to pay more attention to Igor because I really uh, maybe didn't appreciate him as much when I was a kid because it wasn't until I became a background actor that I had a greater appreciation for supporting cast members. Anyway, I really love your show, and I love the way you guys have great chemistry. Have a great day, and I hope to hear my voicemail on a future podcast. Bye. Okay, Ryan, uh, could you start that again, please? Play that again. <laughs> just the first half. Just the first half. I really underestimated how talented Jeff really was. It's too bad that he didn't have a bigger part. I'll send you the audio so you can make that your ringtone. <laughs> Well, gee, uh, uh, Larry, thank you for calling. And Larry, what a nice thing to say. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And it's interesting you say that, you know, things were underappreciated until you became a background actor and, and saw what really went on and, you know, kind of got a, a whiff of how it all works. And when you see that, I think it helps to develop uh, your understanding of, of a television show or a movie and watching it and really understanding what's going on and what everybody there is doing and what everybody there is asked to do. And when it all works, uh, it's a great thing. When Sometimes it doesn't work, but when it all works, it's a wonderful thing to watch. So uh, kudos to you for becoming a background actor. It's a fun thing to do. It's a great job. And if anybody else out there wants to do that, I recommend it highly. Kind of hard to do, but once you do it, it's really a cool thing to do. But I, I really appreciate the words that you said about <laughs> my ability. I worked really hard. I, I know it was, you know, a simple guy, uh, but I, I promise you that I worked really hard to bring that character to uh, to reality and to you know, to make it as believable as possible under the circumstances. So thank you for very much for saying that. I really appreciate it. And Larry brings up a comparison to the episode Tuttle with an episode of Seinfeld called The Susie. Now, I, I don't know if you're a big Seinfeld fan. I am. Are I you am. familiar with the episode The Susie? No. This is an episode, I believe it was later season. I don't remember which season it was. It was one of the later seasons. Elaine is uh, working at J. Peterman, and there's a co-worker who calls her Susie. 
and Elaine doesn't correct her. So it becomes this thing where she becomes Susie to this woman. And then it turns into this elaborate plot where Elaine ticks off the coworker. The coworker wants to have a meeting with Elaine and Susie at the same time. And so they have to kill off Susie. And uh, there are some definite comparisons there. Now, I, I did a little research on the, the episode, The Susie. That was written by Dave Mandel. Dave Mandel, one of his coworkers on Saturday Night Live, called him by the wrong name, and, and Dave Mandel didn't correct him. And so the coworker continued to call Dave Mandel this name for their entire time together on the show. <laughs> so that inspired the Susie plotline for Seinfeld. Now, the imaginary character plot is not new to TV. It's, it's kind of a TV trope. Aside from MASH, the most famous one is probably the Brady Bunch when Jan made up her boyfriend, George Glass. <laughs> You've also seen instances of this happening on Big Bang Theory and Burn Notice, Community, Head of the Class, and so on and so forth. The Susie from Seinfeld is actually very similar to an episode of Friends, where Chandler's co-worker thinks his name is Toby, and uh, hilarity ensues. So, no, I don't think that Tuttle was an inspiration for the Susie, but Tuttle may have inspired some of these other shows that also use this plot device. What wonderful research. Oh, I thought you were just saying, what? <laughs> no, no, no. What are you smoking? What are you smoking? <laughs> I'm also on prescription medications right now. So Yeah, yeah well, that's what they call it. Prescription medication. <laughs> I'm on prescription medications. It's yeah. for medicinal reasons, Jeff. Only, yeah. I keep telling could. you that. Yeah. They're gummies. <laughs> It was either that or brownies. I didn't know what you know. Oh, okay. Well, All right. I'm not going to go there. So, I, actually, I don't know where I would not go if I not was. I don't know. I'll shut up. You you keep talking. You're doing well. I'm Thank not. Thank you. Thank you. We've got one more voicemail to get to. All right. This one coming to us from Amelia. Hi, this is Amelia, and I'd like to tell you I love that Jeff Maxwell guy. Why are you impersonating me today? I don't, <laughs> I don't appreciate that. I'm sorry. All right. Here we go. Yo, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Amelia Clark, and I live in Wisconsin. I'm a newer fan of MASH. I was born in 1997, so MASH was long out of syndication by the time I was old enough to watch it. And tragically, none of my family were ever big fans of the show. As I grew older, I started having a passion for movies, television, and music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. The 90s are just too depressing. <laughs> My husband recently got us a Hulu subscription to survive the Midwest winters, and I added math to my queue. It sat there until I had a particularly bad day, and after a little bit of a week, <laughs> I decided to watch the show in hopes it would cheer me up. Oh, my God, did it. I've become obsessed. The show has truly become a great comfort of mine, especially during a time when my husband had to go away for a month due to health reasons. Mass filled that empty spot in my bed and kept me from spending most of my nights crying. It also cured my creative drought that I had for over 10 years. Since watching it, it has inspired me to write again, and for those reasons, MASH is my favorite show. I found your podcast after finishing the series, and it was the perfect bandage for my series finale wound. It was, it was gaping. <laughs> you guys have made me laugh and smile 
my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter is a big fan of you, Jeff, and she laughs at all of your sound effects. She, just, <laughs> she gets a total kick out of you. So I guess I'm the parent passing on the MASH tradition. Thank you for this wonderful podcast. MASH matters to so many people and will continue to save bad days for years to come. Oh, my goodness. I spit it all in there. <laughs> all right. Here's looking up your old address. You guys are great. I love you so much. Okay, bye. For her daughter. <laughs> Hey, the more wow. you do that, the less I have to talk. So that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Time to get up the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Um, Amelia, what a wonderful thing to say. And I hope we, gosh, that we made you uh, laugh and we kept you warm in your bed and stuff. Uh, that's nobody said that to me recently. So I don't know. <laughs> I, have we ever heard anybody say that to us? I don't remember. I that. believe this is a podcast first. I bet you Alvin doesn't get that kind of response, does he? Oh, thank you, Amelia. Thank you. And yes, you fit it all in. You got it in under three minutes. And we appreciate that. Again, if you would like to call and leave a voicemail under three minutes in length, you can call 513-436-4077, and we may use your voicemail on an upcoming episode of MASH Matters. And uh, that does it for this episode. Well, Ryan, Patrick, I hope you feel better very soon. Thank and, you. Uh, so we'll be able to uh, keep doing this and uh, without you <laughs> going to the hospital. <laughs> well, Loretta, I'm sure, can come in and co-host at any time. <laughs> Absolutely. The Loretta and Jeff show. Oh, it wouldn't be the same, by golly. <laughs> I wouldn't say a word, actually. <laughs> uh, well, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for all the voicemails. Keep sending them in. Keep sending in your emails and uh, everything. Mash Matters Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us all over social media. And I need to go take my medication. Take your medication. And please remind everybody, don't forget the bank routing numbers when you send in your information. Right. Good okay. reminder. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Feel better. Uh, until next time, here's looking up your old address. <laughs>